Welcome to On the Grid, a podcast dedicated to the Valley of the Sun. This podcast is a place where you can come to meet the creators and newsbreakers taking this metropolis to the next level. A place where you can learn about what's really going on in Phoenix. My name is Philip Haldeman, and I will be your host. And in our third episode, be afraid. Hide your friends away and hide your children away because we're going deep into the grid for this episode. This week we'll be talking about the Lord of the Underworld. Well, sort of. Our guests will be Michelle Short and Stu DeHaan with the Satanic Temple. You may have heard of them. They recently caused a stir when they, on behalf of the Satanic Temple, requested to give the opening prayer at the February 17 Phoenix City Council meeting. Opposition ensued, debates over First Amendment rights erupted, and storylines went viral. And the story has yet to come to a conclusion. And on that note, we're about to get into the interview. But please listen to the interview all the way through because a lot has happened since we recorded the audio. And we want to get you completely up to date. But first, the stale news. For every episode of On the Grid, we'll take a brief moment to fill you in on what's been happening in the Valley. This installment is called The Stale News. It's called that because by the time you listen to it, the following news items will be old. But for posterity and to serve as a signpost along the highway of our lives, here is the news for the week of March 7th. Parking meters for a cause. Those are what you will find on the south side of Madison Street between 4th and 5th Avenues in downtown Phoenix. The 10 bright yellow meters in this area will receive donations only that will go to local programs that help the homeless. That could include shelters, housing subsidies, and health care. Microhomes are becoming all the rage, but $1,300 for a 400-square-foot space? The City of Phoenix and Amstar McKinley LLC have signed a development agreement to bring a 19-story high-rise to downtown that will consist of about 200 furnished micro-unit apartments costing that amount. The agreement also includes a tax break that would save the developer $8 million over 25 years. The project will sit on less than one-third of an acre at 2nd and McKinley Streets. That's across the street from uh, Film Bar and behind Angel's Trumpet. It would be the tallest building in the Roosevelt Historical District. $1,300 sounds a bit steep for studio apartments in Phoenix. But don't worry. To those who live in the real world, the developer has promised to set aside 10 units that will rent for $840 a month. And finally, the property on which everybody's favorite shuttered downtown record store sits could see a buyer. The Phoenix Business Journal is reporting that the Circles Records and Tapes building on Central Avenue and McKinley Street could soon be an escrow. Details are scarce, but realtor Larry Ortega said the owners and potential buyers still need to work out some details before the property goes into escrow. Current asking price for that property? It's about $2.9 million. That's down from a previous listing price of $3.9 million. And that's the stale news for the week of March 7th. Frightened of religion, telling lies and stealing people's loot. I'm sick and tired of religion, using guilt to get its way. The portals are easy prey for men with blow dried hair and shiny suits. For men with blow dried hair and shiny suits. Today we have Michelle Short and Stu DeHaan with the Satanic Temple on the show. 
on a technical note, we're chatting with them via Skype. So the audio may be a little bumpy at times, but I can see them on the monitor in front of me and neither of them are wearing horns or black capes. You guys recently had quite an experience with the city council, right, in Phoenix? You requested on behalf of the Satanic Temple to give the opening prayer at the February 17 council meeting. So I, we'll start there. Um, first of all, why did you guys, what gave you the idea to even do such a thing, to put in a request for a prayer? Well, um, Stu and I, we met on the Satanic Temple official forum, and Lucien Greaves, the co-founder of the Satanic Temple, he brought up uh, the invocation, whether anybody in Phoenix would be willing to do uh, such a thing and Stu and I offered to do it and that's kind of how we met was on the forum and that's kind of how we um, got the in to do the forum and from there we I put in an application to the Phoenix and was the, the founder the founder was uh, um, were they doing this in other cities and states um, or what was the reasoning behind that do you guys know yeah, what happened was in Arizona and Phoenix in particular, um, <clears throat> there was someone who was uh, identified as a secular humanist who wanted to give an invocation. And originally she was kind of blocked. And they said, no, you're not a religion. You don't believe in a higher power. But then a, a Supreme Court case came down uh, called Greece v. Galloway that said that you don't have to believe in a higher power to be able to give an invocation. She eventually was allowed to do it. And then Lucian asked uh, if anyone would be willing to try it on behalf of our uh, organization to see if they they'd allow us to do it and to make sure that you know basically the whole purpose is to make sure every everyone's equal and that everyone's civil liberties are being um, adhered to. Cool. And so you go, you guys come up to Phoenix, and well, first of all, you get a, you they say yes, of course you can give the prayer. Were you surprised that that they even said that? Do you think were you thinking that they might even reject you initially? Um, you know, I wasn't sure what would happen. Um, you know, we, we are very clear about what we're about, you know, in the website, uh, we, we are kind of, I think people kind of see us as like a humanist group. Um, it's an atheist or agnostic group for the most part. Um, you know, I, I didn't think what would happen or what happened would happen, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they, they just said, okay, that's fine. Here's your date. Mm -hmm. And then for a month okay. and a half, we heard literally nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you and you showed up to city council chambers and, um, what happened or did you not even show up to city city council chambers? Well, it was one city council member in particular raised an objection. Um, okay. And then from there, it, that's when all of a sudden I start getting calls and, and Michelle and I are having to talk to the media about, hey, what are you guys doing? And, you know, essentially we're saying what we're exactly what we're doing. We just wanted to participate in a First Amendment right that everybody in the country has. Mm -hmm. um, but then the emergency meeting mm -hmm. was called for, which, you know, three days later it happened. We weren't able to participate because, you know, logistics reasons. But... Uh, that's when things blew up. Yeah, the day of the actual meeting, it was uh, February 17th, we uh, opted out to not go to the city council meeting. We felt, um, you know, we, we didn't expect to be the last invocation, you know. So us being there would have kind of just ruffled some feathers. We didn't feel welcome there. So we, you know, for our safety and for the safety of the, you know, the people that were wanting to take the day off and go there, we just felt to take, it was best to take the high road. And what kind of kickback were you guys getting specifically, if you don't mind talking a little bit about that? Because you said that you d didn't feel safe. Well, in the beginning, it was really bad. Uh, there was there was death threats, very veiled, nothing direct, um, but people were saying crazy stuff on internet pages, you know, in the comments section, and saying 
please God forgive me for having to shoot these people and stuff like that. You said Fox News and that was national or was that up here local? The, the local Phoenix one, right? Is that- yeah, we did the Fox 10 Phoenix. Uh, I had a contact with that works as a producer there and he kind of you know, invited us to do an interview at the studio. And while we were there, uh, the social media guy decided to for us to do a live feed via YouTube and we obliged. It was a fascinating experience. They, it had something like 8,000 hits in five minutes, which they wow. said they don't know if they'd ever seen before. Um, and I think at this point it has over 70,000 views. Um, but what happens is on the bottom of the screen, there's a live feed of people asking questions and we can ignore or address as many or as few as we like. And the stuff that was coming on there was, was completely off the hinges. For example, just one thing that, that was weird or strange or bizarre. Whether, you know, we sacrificed babies and, right. you know, that's kind of the go. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> There's a lot of sexual stuff about gotcha. Michelle. I'll say that. I, he saw most of the comments. I ignored them. Okay. So you got all this backlash and what was the council's reaction in terms of um, dealing with your request to, to give the prayer? There was backlash from council and they decided to have a different option, so to speak, right? Yeah. They, okay. So the first, the first option was it was a two-part motion. Or it had two stipulations that they wanted to, to, you know, or requirements. One was a residency restriction. So you had to be from Phoenix or within the, you know, that area to be able to give the invocation. The second one um, was that every invocation had to have an, an invite from a city council member. Okay. Which both of those items were, would either be ineffective or illegal in our opinion. Um, the res- residency restriction, first of all, it was absurd to me that they thought we couldn't find someone in Phoenix to do this when we had 400 people RSVP saying they want to be there from Phoenix. Um, also, you, you can't restrict someone's First Amendment rights because they don't live in a town. I mean, that's like saying uh, a peace protester can't come down from Phoenix and do a war protest. You know, First Amendment right applies to everybody. There's some case law on that. You know, we didn't go fully into it because it didn't happen. Um, so the biggest problem they had was that if that applied retroactively for the sole purpose of discriminating against us, it would absolutely be a lawsuit. And their city attorney advised them it would be a lawsuit that we would win. So you're getting this backlash because so Satanists uh, invoke such a strong reaction. And so what did the city council eventually do? Well, they eventually voted for a moment of silence. It was like a 5-4 vote. Like it was super close. Like, you know, where some voted for the, you know, the, the majority voted for the moment of silence while the others voted to... To get sued. To get... <laughs> Yeah. They, they they were really dead set on violating our constitutional rights at any cost against the advice of their own attorney. And that what was that su- the second option that would have gotten them sued? That was the one where they would have put these restrictions. And, and their, their problem was you can't apply that stuff retroactively. You could apply it forward. But the funny thing about that would have been that we would have been the last invocation they ever saw. And when they realized that, the five said, you know, that that's a... Um, a a worse option to either get sued or have us be the last invocation Phoenix ever sees. So they just pulled the plug on the whole thing on a five to four vote. And unfortunately, they're still trying to resurrect the prayer in the Phoenix City Council. They're trying to come up with 
any kind of loophole that they could possibly imagine, you know, have it led by a chaplain, you know, have it led by a firefighter. Like the, <laughs> the only people that can, t that can do the invocations are picked by the Phoenix city council members, which in turn was also discriminatory. And, and the interesting thing about that is to me, it's clearly a political move on Sal DeCicio's part, because if they, one of the city council members were to allow us to do it, they can then, he can then say they're in league with the Satanists. <laughs> So moment of silence, right? Yeah. Is that a victory for you guys? Or what does that mean to you guys? Um, that's a question we've been getting a lot. A lot of the, uh, you know, I'll call it accusations against us was this was our whole uh, motive, which is really funny to us because we didn't make that decision, nor did we ask for that. Um, we wanted to participate. And I guess it's a victory in that it equalized it. Um, you know, now religions, whether they like them or not, have the same equal moment of silence. Um, the other policy that they would enact was discriminatory in nature, as they admitted so to the press very openly said, we're here to vote to discriminate against the minority religious group. That's what we're doing, um, which is very interesting that they would so brazenly do that, not thinking there'd be any consequence. So then no, absolutely no intention to get a moment of silence out of this at all. It was not even on your mind, like you said, right? Uh, it, was, it wasn't a goal, um, right. but it, I mean, it is a victory in that we, 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 prevented them from making a discriminatory policy by putting everyone on the equal playing field. So, you know, that's a victory then. Okay, so Satanic Temple. I don't think, I mean, obviously we get these, these uh, people get this thought about what Satanism is and all that sort of things. People sacrificing virgins and this sort of stuff. So, so set the record straight on that. What is the Satan Satanic Temple about? The Satanic Temple is... Um you know, composed of mostly atheistic or agnostic members. Uh, we don't believe in a literal Satan or a hell. Uh, we believe in a, a literary Satan, uh, which, you know, it's, it, it's the Luciferian way, which, you know, it's the left-hand path. It follows uh, knowledge, empathy, justice. Wisdom. Wisdom. We, cher we covet those things. We covet mostly you know, worldly pleasures and, you know, we, we cherish now and we cherish life because this is the only life. And, and these are not, these are not dissimilar to Christian viewpoints, right? I mean, no, they're not. Well, I mean, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. I mean... There's, there's a lot of different Christians. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of variety there of, of people. And, and I think we have that same thing too in our ranks. Well, here, here's the main thing. Here's what we're opposed to. Sure. We're, we're opposed to being guided by policy and morals uh, by things that are either supernatural or superstitious. Um, that leads to authoritarian uh, rule. That leads to witch hunt type society. Um, and, and that's exactly what you saw with the city council, where they actually started turning against each other, saying that one or the other are in league with Satan and they need to be ousted. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And it's exactly what we're there to uh, essentially uncover and, and, and say, look, this is hypocritical. This is dangerous in a society that cherishes equal rights when as soon as something comes up that they don't agree with, they're going to stifle that and they'll do anything to destroy it. And um, a lot of our tenets, we have seven fundamental tenets for the Satanic Temple, which are found on our website. And um, they're all very reasonable. Um, a lot of many people from have agreed with our tenants, even not being Satanists themselves. And we value, you know, scientific reason. And we value that our own body is inviable and cannot, and is subject to our own will alone. 
and the struggle for justice is ongoing and necessary. And it's, it's about rising above institutions, where when you have institutions that are dictating what is right and wrong, that often goes awry. And, and part of our rebellion, so to speak, is that we, we do not uh, have to respect that. And these all sound like really good tenants, positive tenants, things that all people should really believe, you know? Uh, so there's a weird thing there with you, uh, because you've got the name satanic, the Satanist temple, it creates all these images. Do you think the, using that, uh, that sort of namesake causes problems with getting your message forward? <laughs> you know, that that's a question we always kind of laugh at because I mean, and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a valid question. It's the, the imagery is of the ultimate evil in a lot of cultures and especially here in a Judaic Christian society. But to us, it's not our responsibility. It's not our responsibility or our burden to educate people on it or, or to not be scared of it. And, you know, this, this is what we believe in. This is, this is what it is. We're not humanists. We're Satanists. And if people are afraid of that, that's on them. And I mean, Satanism has a beautiful historic culture, you know, from, you know, having derived from, you know, long before Christianity, like the concept of Satan and, you know, the concept of good and evil. And, you know, it's all, it's been bastardized. It's been transformed. Christians stole it. They umbrellaed it in, under one thing. They took all of the demons, which each, each had like their own names and purposes, and they just kind of called it Satan. And we're the adversary and we're the scapegoat. Any, any unpopular uprising or movement socially throughout history has been Satanized. And to us, we just own that. And we're like, if you, if you hand that to us and you say, we are scared of this, you have given us all the power. And that's part of what Satanism is. We stand up for, to, to the tyrants and we are the ultimate rebels, even up to God. What would you like to see come from your work? Like pie in the sky dream of your work with the Satanic Temple. What would you like to see come of that? I could tell you personally, my favorite campaign that they did uh, was the Baphomet campaign, where when you have this religious iconography um, on certain government buildings, uh, courthouses. That, that's to, you're talking about the, the statue in Detroit, right? Yes. The is statue that, okay. is physically in Detroit. And what happened was they, they petitioned to have that beautiful statue put right next to the Ten Commandments uh, in Oklahoma. And of course, you know, Lucian's law kicked in where... You know, if there's a separation of church and state issue, the satanic temple will resolve it. And what ended up happening is out of their fear and superstition, they took down the Ten Commandments altogether. I just like that that campaign was my favorite of all of them. And I would, and I would like to, to explore that in Arizona because we do have the Ten Commandments in the Capitol grounds. But the goal is, is not some one. It's not one thing. We're going to continue this struggle. Whenever there is any separation of church and state issue, we're going to explore it and we're going to... Um, insist that we have equal rights. And if they can't handle that, then they need to take down what they have. And do you see uh, separation of church and state as the main issue for you guys right now? Or is there any other big issue that, that you guys are working on? There's also the women's rights issue. Uh, it happened in Missouri. There's a there actual there's an actual suit against uh, one of the counties in is it all of Missouri or is it one of the counties? That, that's the one. That the lawsuit is 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 pending now. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but they, they essentially, if you were to get an abortion in Missouri, and there was only one abortion clinic for the you, entire state, for the whole state, you had to have a seventy two hour waiting period to read Christian material, um, and so, then had to come back to to you know, to then get your abortion. So they kind of give you all these obstacles in order for you 
you know, to be able to get what for a woman to get to get what she needs. And, you know, she would have to take a lot of time off work. Um, you know, she may lose her job by taking that much time off work if it's really far away from her house. So, you know, it was very unfair for a lot of the women in Missouri. And it was, you know, it it was awful to think that they were forced to read material that goes against our tenets, which is, you know, our body is inviolable and to our own and subject to our own will. And for them to tell them that they, they can't because of their, you know, their beliefs that abortion is wrong. Um, I think that's an issue that was, that was, I was glad that they brought to light and I, I hope that they pursue it further. Um, so basically there was a waiver saying this is against our religious beliefs that you can dictate what we need to read to control our bodies. Um, so now, now the question legally has become, since they weren't forcing you to read it, they were just giving it to you. <laughs> that, that's kind of the defense that they've come up with. Um, I, I know there was a procedural issue in the case um, that kind of halted it. So I'm not sure where it is now. Uh, but, you know, that, that's one of the things we fight for, too, is uh, reproductive rights. Um and basically, public institutions forcing forcing religion on people. Mm. Religious or uh, religious literature in Florida was being passed uh, to students, and a lot of students were feeling marginalized. And so, the Satanic Temple created the Satanic Coloring Book, and you know, asked to pass that around. And once they did, they stopped passing all religious material. Do you have chapters in each state, or there was a moratorium on chapters for a while, and now they're. They, they lifted that. So there's brand new chapters here in Arizona, in Utah, and in New York, as far as I know. Okay. And I know there's San Jose and LA that are relatively new. I know that in Portland, Maine, they just had their first um, kind of public meeting. So we're all getting on our feet, and uh, we're going to be on the watch for all these issues across the country. Well, definitely we want to let people know that uh, you know they're welcome to come to the public, public meetings. We'll probably be having them here in Tucson, but we'll be getting our website up and running soon. We'll be creating newsletters. It's going to be a local newspaper. Uh, I'm sorry, local news. Uh, I'm sorry, website, right? As opposed to, you said you're getting. It'll be our website, thesatanictemplearizona.com. It'll, it'll feature things mostly happening locally here, mm -hmm. but we like to share what's going on in other states. And, you know, that way it raises awareness of these issues that are, that are happening across the country. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, of scary, uh, evangelical talk with certain political candidates how uh, it, it seems like they want to make some sort of christian rule or, or theocracy and you know we're, we have a close eye on that yeah the timing is really interesting right now with all that going on you know yeah exactly and and that's why that's why it was kind of we felt you know it's personally why i got involved is i'm seeing this happening right before my eyes because because the pre the politics and 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 the election and all that stuff yeah i, I don't like yeah. I don't. I think some of the talk is dangerous, and some of the yeah. the things that they're saying is creating even more of a privilege for a majority group, and, and that, that's very dangerous to any minority voice. I heard that there was a, a Scottsdale uh, City Council prayer that you guys were working on. Um, they said in July, but I just wasn't sure if, if that was accurate or not. I think what, July sixth. Right now, we believe it's July sixth. I'm not going to say that's in stone. Okay. That's the, the date that was given to us. All we did was we were confirming that date and we're waiting to hear back. But that's what I imagine it's going to be for now. Okay. I actually did. Uh, I contacted the PIO over there and I think it was July 6th. So, oh, okay. Um, at least as of now. So Then it, then it was confirmed. You found out for <laughs> Um But, you know, uh, I want to be there and check it out and see how it goes. 
Um, so thank you guys for your time. I really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. I really, we really appreciate the opportunity. Since our interview with Michelle and Stu, a number of related things have gone down that would fall under the category of inclusivity and First Amendment rights, particularly regarding prayer. On March 2nd, the Phoenix City Council did an about-face and voted to once again allow prayers at City Council meetings, with a stipulation. They would have to be given exclusively by chaplains for the police and fire departments. Michelle Short with the Satanic Temple said the organization is currently exploring their legal options. She said the prayer ordinance has not been written yet and that, quote, we won't know if it's unconstitutional at face value, albeit the proposal of the ordinance is completely discriminatory in its intent. On a related note, the next day, Democratic atheist Arizona State Representative Juan Mendez finished the daily prayer at the state capitol only to upset a number of Republican members who said his words did not meet the House's definition of prayer, which is generally Christian in nature. No doubt this has yet to reach a definitive conclusion, but it's an issue that will likely find its end under the umbrella of First Amendment rights. We here at On The Grid no doubt fully support the First Amendment and want to be as inclusive as possible, and that's why we offer this podcast for free to anybody in this whole wide world. So, Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to reach us, we can be found at onthegridphx.com or email us at podcast at onthegridphx.com. On the Grid is produced by Chris Ayers. Intro music was performed by local band Factories. They can be reached at factoriesmusic.com. And by the way, sticking with our theme of local, we will feature a different local band at the end of every show. This week, that band is Haymarket Squares. Their next local performance date is March 12 and 13 at the McDowell Mountain Music Festival at Hans Park. Their new album is called Light It Up, and they can be found at haymarketsquares.com. And once again, thank you so very much for listening to our third episode of On the Grid. I was moved one Sunday morning by the songs of Sister Tharp. To wonder about salvation And when it's gonna start Oh, there ain't no heaven Got to make one No heavenly choir, just hearts and hands and our desires. There ain't no heaven, got to make one here. Ah, oh, there ain't no justice, got to get some here. Ah, oh, there ain't no justice, got to get some here. We gotta block the gates. Cut the chains, smash the border, hop the trains. There ain't no justice, got to get some here. Some justice here. You can have your gospel of suffering and delay. My celestial kingdom is gonna start today.
Kinder. 